places, worn out places, worn out faces, bright and early for the daily races, going nowhere, going nowhere, the tears are filling up their glasses, no expression, no Goonies Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Seplick. I mean, if you feel like it, you, I guess you can find me on Twitter, at the FF Goonie. What more can I say than week one? I guess, I guess it's a, week one can be described as uh, the title of this show. It's a mad world. Sometimes you you do everything you can. Sometimes you make all the right calls. And then all of a sudden, like a goddamn meteor from the sky crashing down into your mom's 84 yellow Chrysler sedan. And boom! You get hit with Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill. You run into a buzzsaw named James Conner that someone got for only $5 on Fab because apparently half the league forgot he was on waivers, uh, myself included. And then on top of it, when I did realize finally, I probably wouldn't have done it anyways because... I needed sure thing running backs and not one to two week villains. Well, apparently $5 can buy you a win. Apparently only having uh, one quarterback that you actually drafted in a dynasty league and trading for Sam freaking Darnold can buy you a win. Well, folks... That's life, so we're going to move on. On today's episode, we're going to go over the week one review. going to introduce a couple new segments uh, that are included in that. And then we're going to give a nice little preview for week two. I'm going to apologize in advance. It's been a crazy week, and I have very little time. So um, didn't get a chance to watch tape, really. Uh, going basically on narrative, some things I read. Um kind of just looking at the box scores a little more than I like to, but kind of reading into it with uh, how the teams operate and 
what we can expect moving forward. So bear with me, it's not going to be chock full of my usual hot takes or uh, pretty much just anything that you generally disagree with because this is a little less me and a little more uh, just by the book today. So with that out of the way, let's get into week one review. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. We're going to go ahead and start off with the Keeper Foot Clan League. Uh, first matchup was the Scranton Stranglers versus Finkel is Einhorn. Now, uh, old Dwight here had the, uh, the unfair advantage, I'm going to say. After uh, just bolstering and just hoarding the, uh, the top talent in the league by getting a high draft pick and, you know, having every injured keeper that was top-notch available, uh, we kind of assumed that Scranton Strangler's uh, Gill's team was going to just pick up and uh, walk all over Einhorn, and uh, true to form, that happened. Now, there was a little bit of an opening. Uh, first off, we had Aaron Rodgers going up against Matt Stafford, and although the uh, addition of Khalil Mack came in to help uh, that Chicago defense knock Aaron Rodgers in the mouth the uh, first half, he came back from injury and just torched him. So the opening there was, well, man, half a game of bad Aaron Rodgers, or not even that, a quarter game, I think, before he got kicked out. Well, enter a villain. Matthew Stafford going up against the abysmal New York Jets, and that wee little man, Sam Darnold. And all that Maddie Snapback did was snap back four interceptions. Insane. Uh, no other way to put it. And uh, only scooped him up ten little points, so losing the battle there. Uh, he had a little bit more consistent, especially knowing that J.H.I. put up uh, some big numbers on... Thursday night, but no one could really have expected Shady to do as poorly as he did uh, with the callback runs, with just the Buffalo offense getting nothing done, and you would think the major advantage after knowing that went to uh, Fickle's Einhorn with J.J. Alex Collins, but Alex Collins just really crapped it up hardcore. Uh, he really actually ruined a ton of my uh, DFS lineup. So thanks for that, Collins. And uh, lucky enough for Scranton Stranglers, old David Johnson salvaged his day with the touchdown. So not a horrible day from him. And then, uh, then comes the receivers. Uh, this was just a battle of just monsters. Michael Thomas and Mike Evans going toe-to-toe. OBJ and Cooper Cup matching up. It was pretty even, but uh, what wasn't pretty even was the injury-riddled Terminator himself, Jordan Reed, came back from the the lava for one more thumbs up this season, given uh, given the old 12.8 points with 48 and a touchdown. 
And uh, old Zachy, uh, Zach Yurtz kind of helped with my early demise preview, only getting 5 for 48 in that Thursday night game. So advantage went to the tight end. And then a uh, couple of poopers with uh, old Chris Hogan doing nothing. No one really saw that one coming. And uh, Jamal Williams. And then uh, from there, defense is pretty even, but... After that, uh, that drop of the quarterback, it was just too hard of a, a hill to climb. And Jordan Reed really helped seal the deal. So Scranton came in on top, 133.6 to 103.1. Looks like the uh, Scranton Strangler found those Franken beans on Finkel and put her down for the count. Next matchup, we had the Great One versus Soccer Club Honkers. That one's for you, Brian. So, uh, first up on the quarterback matchup, we had uh, TB12 himself, Tommy Great, Smile, Great Wife, Tommy the Great himself, Tom Brady going up against Houston and not having the greatest game, but still getting it done. For 277 and three touchdowns with one INT up against Cam Newton, who uh, I think really crapped it a little bit, only uh, securing 18.2 points against that improved but still not great Dallas defense um I think the rushing touchdowns the only reason he really salvaged his day otherwise 161 yards throwing is not going to get it done Cam doesn't matter how much you run uh then we move over to the running backs and it was the the great performances of Joe Mixon himself and Melvin Gordon and then uh that's where it kind of falls off. My big prediction of Carolina bottling up Zeke after selling out on him and Derrick Henry being in a game controlled over Miami, well, that didn't happen. Miami and the Tennessee Titans played a just atrocious game that lasted 14 days. And... Uh, Derrick Henry just couldn't get involved, and it became the Dion Lewis show. So, my first real wrong pick of the year uh, was a biggie, but that's what you get with bold predictions. Up next, there was uh, really no contest between Keenan Allen and uh, Manny Sanders going up against Pierre Garçon and Robert Woods. Uh, Frenchie's uh, fellow Frenchman, Garçon, really couldn't get anything going against. The mighty Minnesota defense, which I don't think anyone's surprised at. And Robert Woods was third fiddle in that receiver core. Uh, Manny Sanders had a point explosion all over the place, and so did Keenan Allen. And uh, we kind of expected that, so no biggie there. But uh, huge point break alert. Ricky Seals-Jones, massive 3-4 over tripled Travis Kelsey. Putting up a weak, weak 1.1. Unfortunately for the great one, the the win was actually, or the loss, I mean, was actually sealed when old Lenny Fournette uh, couldn't get it done with that uh, bum. What's he got? Like a knee this time? Uh, Surprisingly, wasn't the ankle, but old Lenny Fournette's not holding up, and uh, he looks like he's got a flat tire. And then uh, we got Keelan Cole. He didn't do much, but was uh, enough to secure the win. 
winning by less than seven points. So good job with that uh, 6.9 points out of your flex. Uh, could have been a bigger one, but old New Orleans really uh, let the levy break again with those Tampa Bay points. And Atlanta didn't quite let Philly's D do enough. So tough loss for the great one. And the guy who thinks football is football uh, just got got there and did it. <laughs> So, congratulations. Uh, next up in the matchup, we had Popeye's Sailor Men. G-g-g-g-g-g. And the... What is that? The Minor Dongs? No, that's the Megalodongs. So, sorry, Megalodons. Uh, sometimes I get confused at looking at this lineup of uh, just hot young studs. Anyways, first up at the quarterback position, we had old Drew Breezy just uh, throwing those passes so so beautifully nice. And uh, big stinker Deshaun Watson. I wouldn't expect uh, anything less than burning him alive and sending him to the waiver wire. Giving only 13 points, looking atrocious. Atrocious in that New England game in Foxborough. Then... The uh, the touted Kareem Hunt got demolished by James White. That's right, you heard me. Playoff only hero, James White, can now beat the number one rusher in 2017 NFL in a fantasy matchup. Uh, but the one he couldn't beat was Todd Gurley, who, you guessed it, was putting up triple deuces with 22.2 points. And wait, oh, he's on Popeye Sailor Men's team as well. Sorry, Lamar Miller. That running back contrarian stack with Deshaun Watson did not pay off. But that's all right. You finally won one with the receiving core. Lucky for you, Popeye Sailorman wanted to make this a little bit of a contest and decided to play a guy who wasn't going to play with Doug Baldwin after maybe, what, two plays coming up bum and then trying to come back. Uh, hopefully he uh, comes back. Uh, I think he's going to be out at least two to three weeks. It's one of those grade two MCL tear sprains where it's the same thing, so... Should be a minor injury. The problem is happening on the opposite leg as the knee he was having problems with. Kind of goes to show that uh, injuries are going to happen when you're favoring one side. But uh, Adam Thielen tried everything he could against San Francisco to help the cause and just failed compared to Julio Jones who just went ham, ham on Philly. And true to uh, form, staying on brand, didn't score a touchdown, even though they fed him a ridiculous amount of uncatchable passes in the red zone. Uh, moving over, another crapper on Popeye Sailorman, Trey Burton. I don't know if you've seen the picture yet of Mitch Trubitsky, but uh, apparently he is Moses parting the Green Bay offensive line and defenders all the way to Trey Poo Poo himself, but didn't have the stones 
That's right, Stones, to throw him a touchdown. So he only pulled two points, and apparently it was the battle of the one receivers where he got one for 15, and old Kyle Rudolph got one for 11, but uh, he is a red nose, or uh, sorry, red zone reindeer, and scored him a TD. Then it was the, man, staying on brand, another one-catch touchdown for Josh Gordon, this time for Popeye Sailorman, going up against Royce, the I'm-not-the-best-running-back-this-week-on-my-team Freeman. Man, that one's got to be upsetting. And then uh, Detroit somehow gave up 42 points, but managed to still get a touchdown INT and fumble recovery giving them a nine-point favorite and somehow a team that let four points less, sorry, they scored nine points, and a team that let less points against got negative two. So, damn fantasy, you crazy. Uh, And then kickers don't matter, but they both got sixes. So, hard fought by the Megalodons in this turd bowl, but he just wasn't a match for that uh, gay little sailor. Congratulations, Popeye. I am what I am, and that's all what I am. I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. Up next, we have our first juggernaut of a performance coming from Turn Your Head in Coughlin going up against the hot noon and steaming pile of butchers. Ah, uh, just this is ugly. Uh, we already knew that this was going to be a bloodbath considering the butchers had to start uh, was it Devonta Booker and Doug Martin. Ugh. Ugh. And Michael Crabtree. Ugh. Ugh. And Jimmy Garoppolo. Ugh. Against that mini D. Ugh. Yeah, it was pretty bad. So Kirk Cousins destroyed old Jimmy Garoppolo in the head-to-head matchup. Uh, Buzzsaw Alvin Kamara destroyed pretty much half the team by himself. But uh, Dalvin Cook helped out a little bit, even though he didn't have quite the game you are expecting. But Devontae Adams did. And so did Stefan Diggs, and limited work still came down with that TD. Uh, Delaney Walker did pretty decent until injury, and now he's done for the season. And then Brandon Cooks gave a pretty good game, which was unexpected. Uh, Mini D, great. Uh, the only standout performances really from uh, the Butcher side was the Smith-Schuster star just continues to rise at 14.4, pulling in 5 and 119. And uh, Greg the Leg Sirloin giving uh, you the big 17 number. At least you got the best kicker in the league. So uh, you can hang your head on that. And Jacksonville, despite a uh, loaded New York Giants offense, uh, newly revamped, still put up 13 points. But Garoppolo stunk it up. Booker did nothing. Doug Martin, nothing. Oh, by the way, you also lost your tight end, at least for the time being, with Greg Olson going down. Uh, I'm going to go out a limb and just declare you New Gill. 
after losing McKinnon in the preseason and then uh, now Olsen, man, I do not feel good about Jimmy Garoppolo, Hopkins, or Smith-Schuster because at least one more of those is going down this season. Yeah, I don't mean to be rude, but your host... So, final score, 145.4 to 87.3. Now, up next, we had Brown and some scrubs versus Carpe Victoria. Sounds like another French guy. Well, uh, sometimes you have Tyree Kill and you destroy fools. Especially when you pair him with Antonio Brown. Well, that's not one of these days, because apparently... Randall Cobb and Golden Tate are good enough to keep up with them. So, starting off, we had Marcus Mariota versus Russell Wilson. Uh, I was pretty bullish on saying Russell Wilson was going to have a huge game. Didn't see it coming on a injured Doug Baldwin kind of day, but he did. Unfortunately for Brown and Scrubs, Marcus Mariota was abysmal with two interceptions before going out on injury. And uh, I think we'd all gladly give you the Blaine Gabbert points to go with it, but I don't think that's going to help you. Uh, Christian McCaffrey fumbled away any extra opportunity to help you keep you in that game. Uh, he just he looked a little uncomfortable. That whole, the whole Carolina offense did not look great. But it was still enough to get the win, so I think that's why they kind of leaned a little more on C.J. Anderson than expected. And, of course, it doesn't help when Cam Newton literally takes one-third of the carries for the team. Uh, But they got outperformed because Deion Lewis kind of carried the... the, I'm sorry, Deion Lewis carried the uh, team here on the running backs with... uh, Taking the surprising line share of the work against Miami, but it wasn't good enough for Chris Thompson, who, even though he had limited work in Arizona, just shredded that defense that just didn't seem to get up. Uh, it was a pretty abysmal game, and he put in quite a performance getting in 21-8. Uh, Kenyon Drake, that was the concerning one a little bit, because him and Gore pretty much split work, and uh, I don't think that's going to stay that way going forward but I think any kind of game where they feel like they could just wind it down with running they might actually split the work a little bit and lighten the load on Drake until maybe the end of the season when uh, they're a little happier to uh, wear or start running them harder to win some games Uh, big surprise though Randall Cobb came in with 9 for 142 and a touchdown and that was on a really wide open uh, catch and run. I think it was something like 74 yards or something. Uh, real sad that Chicago Bears D just broke down uh, second half and Rodgers had his way with them. Uh, and then Golden Tate, same thing. Uh, he did not much of anything but one big touchdown play and... That was huge. Not to say that Randall Cobb didn't do anything, but uh, he definitely picked it up second half when Rodgers came back. Uh, Antonio Brown, he seemed to actually not be that involved for most of the game, and then 
true to form, came out later and uh, kind of made his. Even with a poor Ben Roethlisberger, you don't have to worry about Antonio Brown. And then uh, the new woke one in a fantasy bonanza, a veritable cornucopia. We have Tyreek the Freak Hill putting in 38-8 with 7 for 169. Big rushing plays. Three total touchdowns, including his first touch of the year, a kick return. This was just insane in the membrane. Uh, Probably his best one this year. I don't see him doing it quite like this again. If you actually look at it, all this production was on 15 total completions from Mahomes, I want to say. And that's just, that's insane production. I mean, I get it. One was on a jet sweep. One was a return. And that has nothing to do with the offense. And he's going to have a couple of those a year. Well, he already had one. And to expect just the massive amounts of points that he put up on seven receptions is a little outlandish. I think most of the time you're going to get these big games, but they're going to be more in the like 20 to 24 point range. So... Kudos to Hill on that. Uh, No surprise, Jimmy Graham is not that good. Putting up 1.8. But that's all right. His good buddy Evan Ingram kind of crapped his efficiency away again and put up only 2.8. And then uh, where it really got out of hand was the Amari Cooper versus Demarius Thomas. That's a good matchup versus a bat. Couldn't really expect anything different. Uh, Defenses were relatively even and... I mean, overall, what can you do, I guess? I don't know. I mean, when you don't get more than two points out of your QB, it's kind of set up for the loss. So kudos to Carpe Victoria, the new French guy, for winning with the score 132.5 to 109.3. Congrats and welcome to the league. Merci. Oh, well, you're welcome, Miss Sullivan. Well, coming up to uh, what you've all been waiting for, the the savage beating that was my matchup. Uh, I actually called this. I didn't think I had much of a chance having to throw out Peyton Barber out there and Axel getting James Conner for nothing. Uh, basically, it was a battle of, I guess, maybe evenly matched because the matchup uh, QBs. But he had the advantage at running back. He had the advantage at receiver. The advantage at tight end. Uh, Pretty much I had the advantage at defense and slightly quarterback. And it did not work out well for me. But let's talk about some positive things on it. Andrew Luck looked pretty decent. Um, I think he's going to get better over the course of the season. So... By no means do I think this is like, oh man, this is amazing. I actually think he's going to ramp it up even more as he gets more comfortable and more into the swing of things. This is just kind of uh, shake the rust off. Andy Dalton, the uh, old rusty head himself, had an okay game. Kind of picking it up late there for him. And then uh, that defense kind of helped seal the deal where they ended up getting the win. And good for you, you poor little ginger. 
So uh, Saquon and Barkley looked a little scary, uh, a little bit of a scary proposition going up against Jacksonville, and it was. It looked uh, pretty ugly for a while, but he did salvage with that long touchdown. Uh, at times it's going to be like that, but I think that's a pretty positive thing for me being able to look at a running back who didn't do much but still ended up with almost 20 points. A little slight apology to Axel as he had Jordan Howard in pretty much everywhere and it looks like Howard is going to actually be involved in the passing game. Uh, This was kind of a had to see it to believe it thing because I mean he was such a bad receiver but he wasn't really bobbling passes. He was securing them well. Uh, I was really impressed. I did still see some hesitation on his uh, running lane selection and his uh, just decision making. But uh, some of the other stuff where he looked slow on like lateral cuts, he looked a little better this week. Uh, I mean, we have to wait and see. Uh, give him another defense that's better. And uh, we'll see what he's really made of, but it's looking a little promising. Um, and then the turd running backs, and Carlos Hyde gets the win on that, securing that touchdown. Otherwise, they'd be pretty even with him and Peyton Barber. Give me the old 69. Uh, moving over to receiver, I actually didn't do horrible compared to what it could have been. Uh, threw in T.Y. Hilton there, got 13-1, salvaging with that uh, six-yard touchdown, which I'm glad to see because right now he's not getting the long bomb targets, but he's still staying involved in that short and intermediate route work a bit. And then uh, A.J. Green kind of expected it. Colts' defense is still trash, so of course he got 92 and a touchdown. Uh, Larry Fitz was the little bit of disappointing one. Uh... Washington was not playing that great. It was, I think it was Bradford. He just looked awful and everyone suffered because of it. Uh, And then you asked me why through Samuel Watkins in there. Well, I looked at it and I kind of figured the only way I was going to win is if Eifert somehow caught a touchdown and I had a big boom game. And honestly, with the, the weather the way it was and this seeming like it was going to be more of a low scoring affair i just saw more upside out of possible sammy watkins just exploding like we just didn't see it in the preseason and here it is now but uh didn't pay off only got 3.6 out of him to larry's uh one 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 with 11.1 and then of course gronk smashed all over my eifert and beat him by a Score of 14.1 with 19.8 versus 5.9. And then, here it is. I just spent some damn money on James Conner. I would have had that beautiful 31 seven points in this league. Those beautiful 31 seven points would be in my flex which would have netted me about 28 points or so. And uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Axel probably would have played Rex Burkhead in the flex. I don't think he'd have the gusto to play Crowell. And that would have been it. That would have been the win for for your old uh, 
wonderful host here, but say la vie. It just wasn't meant to be, and that's okay. Can't win them all. And the fact that I didn't expect to win, I kind of, I think that kind of lightens the blow a little bit. So, congrats, Axel. Uh, you finally definitively bested me. And maybe the tables are turning, and uh, I'm no longer the uh, the big dog. I mean, you pulled out the championship last year, and you started off this year with a bang. So we'll see how long Connor keeps contributing for you. But till then, you got a pretty strong team. So kudos to you, sir. And moving on next, we have the Atlanta Foot Clan Dynasty Week One review. With the first matchup, we had Team Gravelin versus Fear the Juice in a epic battle. The QB battle went pretty evenly as Philip Rivers and Drew Brees both uh, went fantastic with fantasy, but lost in real life, putting up a respectable 29 and 31 six points. Andrew looking out and Andy Dalton went head to head and also went and came in with okay respectable numbers. Then enter the running backs. Now, this is where Fear the Juice started pulling away. You got Alvin Kamara putting up a monster 38-6. That's right, 38-6. With only 29 yards rushing, no less. But apparently, you can get three total touchdowns when you touch the ball only 17 times. Hmm, where have I heard that one before? Tyree Kill. That's all right. Although he didn't quite keep up with him, he put in respectable numbers on Team Gravelin with Melvin Gordon. Unfortunately, he did have some work snaked by old Eckler there, so that one kind of hurt a little bit. And so should the next one, where Dalvin Cook disappointed. Uh, Latavius got used, I think, a little bit after that fumble. They just wanted to go with someone uh, to securely run down the clock by pretty much going three and out or near it each time. Uh, and then the big surprise was Dion Lewis coming in, controlling the game. I actually didn't see this one coming, so good job on Dion Lewis getting the only useful points in uh, Tennessee, at Miami, sorry, in Miami for Tennessee. Uh, then the receivers is where Team Gravelin countered with a nice right cross hitting him with aj green and Devonte adams uh putting in a good respectable 16.2 and 17.3 with some late heroic touchdowns and that put in a good fight against antonio brown number one receiver in the world and old man number one receiver in the world larry fitzgerald and despite having a tight end fumble, he still came on top of Jack Doyle because he managed to play a whole game as Greg Olson fell apart, as we kind of all expected, except for Fear the Juice. And uh, 
T.Y. Hilton just uh, came in and rolled in over Tyrell Williams getting the edge by almost six points. Because even though they both got touchdown and minimal work, at least T.Y. put more than 10 yards on the board. And then Baltimore outperformed Phillies D, given securing the win for Fear the Juice. Uh, this really came down to two players. It was the Alvin Kamara cut above and Dion Lewis performing when Cook really didn't. Uh, if it wasn't for those two guys, then Gravelin might have pulled a win. Lucky for him, Aniston Scory engaged. That's right. He still pulled a point being top half of the league. One of only two teams that came out 1-1-1. One, one, and one. More to come later. So, congrats with the win of 166.2 to Fear the Juice over Team Grablins, 147-1. Talk about a points explosion going over 300. Next up, we had... Versus... In the upset of the week. Now, pretty standard stuff. Uh, although, Brian touted a super strong QB uh, pool coming out of the draft. He has dwindled it away and has resorted to only two current starters on Jared Goff and Kirk Cousins, game managers. Although I think Cousins is more than that. He just doesn't have to be. Uh, versus the ultimate game manager, Alex Smith, and the ultimate carries the team, Russell Wilson. Now, this was uh, pretty much a wash with the Americans putting in just slightly more points because of Alex Smith and a perfect match of Kirk Cousins and Russell Wilson. Uh, pretty impressive considering they did not have the same stats. Uh, no surprise here, Carrion Johnson didn't do much and neither did Peyton Barber, which was actually a little bit of a surprise because although... The Buccaneers put up 48 points. Barber only gave him that big 69 for 55s. And uh, that's all right because the Americans managed to turn Saquon Barkley and Kareem Hunt into just Saquon Barkley. As Kareem Hunt also did nothing even though his team put up tons of points. Although it's a little more skewed because it was defense special teams that did a lot more of that. Uh, then we came into some lackluster receivers with Josh Gordon and Corey Davis. And this is where we got off the rails. Mike Evans is good again. Like, too good again. I don't think I've ever seen him play that well. Uh, he's always been a monster, but he played well. And Chris Hogan did not, who is a guy you don't really think of, but expect to actually play well. So that was a huge 23-point swing almost in 55's favor after only giving up about 14 points on the running back end. And then it happened. Uh, there's a little guy named Jared, well, big guy named Jared Cook on the Oakland Raiders that has fooled us all before by going ham in week one and then being nothing and he has years of being nothing unless he's going up against rob Gronk gronkowski and a really good rams defense 
where he was the number one tight end of the week with 180 yards. No one expected that, least of all this guy. And then Shady crapped the bed, and Brandon Cooks didn't. So pretty much uh, the reverse of what I kind of expected to happen some of these games with Cooks. But uh, Shady just really crapped it, and then Carolina D didn't do enough to make it up. So 55s pulled out a, uh, a win of 126.4 versus 109.9. Impressive, sir. It's not going to last, though. So what's sadder is the fact that he also got the Aniston scoring out of it. So Ugh, what's the world coming to? Anyways, moving on. Next up, we have This Means War going up against I Got a Thielen Woohoo in a Nailbiter. Well... It was a nail-biter for many a reason. First off, Battle of the QBs. Oh, Aaron Rodgers getting knocked out early, and it looked like the day was done. But then he rose like a phoenix from the hobbly ashes to peg leg way, his way to a uh, 24-9 performance and smothered fellow combatant old... Uh, Nobody but a one-legged Aaron Rodgers beats Mitch Trubisky. Uh, Mitch looked awful once they got out of the game script. Uh, first 20 plays, 30 plays, he looked fantastic. But once they had to start calling plays he wasn't prepared for, as far as what was coming next, he, he got skittish. Uh, the line didn't play well at that point. And he missed a big old, big old gape and target that would have been uh, a throw to a touchdown Trey Boo Boo. Instead, I believe he had a three-yard loss on that play. So uh, that was pretty ugly, but not as ugly as the turd fest that I like to call Bradford Stafford. <laughs> Bradford Stafford. Uh, they combined for a total of 10.8 points because one had an interception and three fumbles or two fumbles, sorry, and one had a touchdown but four interceptions. So somehow four interceptions is good enough for a huge edge of six or 5.2 points. So congrats for playing the right quarterback, I guess. I'm not sure. Uh, next up, we had the unfair advantage of Tad Gurley versus Jamal Williams and Ezekiel Elliott versus Derrick Henry. Now, I actually called that a not unfair advantage, but it turned out to be true. I guess, uh, I guess a horse is a horse in this case. And Zeke was going to dominate, and Henry was going to crap it up. Uh, Jamal Williams really didn't have a chance uh, not playing with Rodgers the whole time and being in catch-up the whole uh, second half. So Gurley just walked all over that weak, weak Oakland uh, Mackless D, and Jamal did nothing, so advantage running backs. But true to form, uh, he tried to give him a chance playing Doug Baldwin in the receiver position who got a gooser of an egg. And because 
Mitch Trubisky wasn't great. Allen Robinson only put in 8.1 and was decimated by the combo Landry Thielen putting in a respectable 27.3 points between the two of them. Uh, then it was Travis Kelsey letting down. Uh, this means War and Delaney Walker getting injured and only putting up 7.2. That's all right. You got Odell Beckham in the flex. Whew. Hot fire. And that would have been beautiful if not for Carlos Hyde touchdown to seal the win. As the defenses were pretty even. And the final score was a narrow win of 4.9 points for Dan at 99.3 versus 94.4. I guess all that trading didn't pay off for Clay, and uh, maybe he should have settled on some of those key players he used to have, or maybe he shouldn't have gotten rid of Zeke. I don't know. Call me crazy. Anyways, uh, nice job. That was a win, but no Aniston points as I recall. Yep, that's right. Next up, we had the Stinky Cheeses versus Jonesen for some TDs. Now, that's appalling, sir. This is a family-friendly league. Uh, you gotta clean up that lane. Oh, I get it now. It's TDs. Like, touchdowns. Got it. Fair enough. Well, uh, first up, you had Cam Newton underperform. And Marcus Mariota super underperformed before getting injured on the old Frenchie side. And that uh, little notion everyone mocking you that Mariota was going to fall apart kind of happened already. That's okay. Big Ben did everything he could to keep you in the game by only scoring a nine-pointer. But Tommy, uh, Tommy Greatness, your favorite quarterback, kind of... Kind of nails you over the head with his 21-3. So, huge advantage over on... Uh, actually, not huge. I give it an okay advantage. Kind of cleaning up an extra... What, like 12 points? So, uh, moving on to the running backs. Old Royce Freeman didn't really get uh, much work. But that's okay, because broken down Lenny net. Got a flat tire and helped you out where they evened out with only 0.1 points difference between the two of them. And then that old faith on Jay Howard himself didn't pay off as J.J. outscored him with two touchdowns. Now, I don't expect J.J. to be this massive a gainer on a week to wait, a week basis. He only had something like 28 snaps and 15 carries. Uh, he's just not that involved, especially when they're playing from behind. So, uh, but somehow still managed to uh, two red zone touchdowns. So that worked out. Uh, but what didn't work out was the savage beating that Julio put down with 169 yards on D Hop Nuke himself, Duke Nukem, getting shut down by that up. Oh, there's the Patriots betraying you again. Patriots defense. Only getting 8 for 78. That's all right, though. You got Keenan Allen. He uh, he kept up with Julio, putting a respectable 20 points himself. But wait, what's that? Ooh, Golden Tate's late touchdown. Hosed you. Hosed you hard. And he kept pace with Keenan Allen. So, major advantage comes up. Wide receivers for Jones. And again, I'm starting to see a pattern here. 
Uh, well, that's okay because Zach Ertz kind of crapped the bed a little bit for you. And somehow one catch is good enough to beat him with Kyle Rudolph. Glad you picked him up, I guess. But he was the smart play as Evan Ingram kind of crapped the bed himself. Uh, and then this is the one I didn't get. You rolled out Alan Hearns. Whew. Oof. That's okay. Uh, Alex Collins did everything he could to help you out and uh, fumbled away any productive work. But then that old Jacksonville defense put the smack down on your negative nine New Orleans Saints. Ugh. That's rough. Woof. So... Maybe you should have played your negative three chargers instead. So this was a pretty uh, definitive savage beating. Uh, there wasn't really too much uh, to argue here. And Jones and for some TDs came out on top. Uh, didn't look that way going in, but I thought Juju was going to be in there. But I guess he got afraid from the uh, weather. And your receivers just didn't quite do what his receivers did. So... Jones and for some TDs coming in with the win on his first week, Mr. Greenwood. Congrats. Now, for the main event. That's right, Bill Belichick, Puppet Master versus Team Lie About My Name by Week. Well, here's the deal. Going in, I knew my QB2 would be weak this week. But that's all right, I'm going against Sam Darnold. Well, true to form, Ryan Tannehill, 13-6, Sam Darnold, 13-8. Thought it would go a little bit differently, but that's all right. Within the realm of believable outcomes. But then, Patrick freaking Mahomes versus Deshaun Watson. Now, I'm sorry if you don't believe in Deshaun Watson. But, I mean, come on. He was playing a inferior defense. And I don't care what you think about New England and Bill Belichick and his mastery of defenses and having all summer. The Chargers, even with some lost pieces, are a better defense until they lose Joey Bosa and then it falls apart. And Mahomes is far less unproven than Deshaun Watson. But he managed to score 17.3 more points than him, going ham for 28-3, while Watson struggled and barely got me to 11 with an atrocious performance. But that's all right. That's okay. I knew I didn't have the running back advantage on the starters with Christian McCaffrey and... James Conner versus David Johnson and Joe Mixon just because of Mixon's matchup. But it's close. McCaffrey has a really good matchup. He's going to have a larger role this year. 
And James Conner is pretty much almost Le'Veon Bell because anyone that replaces Le'Veon Bell is pretty much almost Le'Veon Bell. Well, I got news for you. That doesn't matter if he's the second best running back in the league after week one. And that he outscored all the running backs on my opponent's team. Because McCaffrey fumbled away any chance he had at a workhorse load. While David Johnson did not play well because the whole team didn't play well, but managed a touchdown to salvage his game. And then Joe Mixon just went ham. Super ham. But that's okay. That's okay. I got Michael Thomas. And Michael Thomas is going to drop a 30-burger. And it's going to be amazing. And then he gets robbed of a what I think was a touchdown, but Peyton's aggressive, so he's going he's gonna to just try to catch the D off guard and get an easy run with Kamara and rob Michael Thomas of that extra six and a half, seven points. But that's okay. That's okay. 30 points is respectable. That's great. No one's going to beat that, especially not someone that catches maybe less than half the balls that Michael Thomas did. And doesn't get as many yards, right? Surely. Oh, wait, no. Tyreek Hill. On seven receptions, put up 169 yards. He put up some rushing yards, too. Grand total of, uh... Oh, what's that? Four yards. Okay, so the yards is the same. Well... But in a PPR league, with only seven catches, how'd he do it? Oh, he did it on the back of a touchdown, but rushing. And a touchdown on the first play of the Chiefs' possession, a kick return. And he buzzsawed to a 2.8-point advantage. Insane. Insane. And then clearly we knew Stefan Diggs was going to outperform Marvin Jones against the Jets and Niners, respectively. But no one expected Jones to suck it up and only get 54 yards, but just that Lions offense looked atrocious. But not as atrocious as the pass offense of the Cardinals where Ricky Seals-Jones failed to pull in a touchdown reception and only got me 19 yards. While Jordan Reed looks to be back, so advantage there. But wait, what's that? Marquise Goodwin. Oh, he got a zero. Well, I got Christian McCaffrey. I mean, I got Kenyon Drake up in that RB2 slot. But my flex... He's going to be fantastic against a crummy Tennessee team with all that, all that talent. Well, he did run very well, but so did old bastard Frank Gore. Taking too much work and the fact that that game lasted 14 days. I just think he was too worked up and he just too many lows and couldn't get it going 100%. That's all right. I got the Minnesota D. But then the Rams put up pretty much the same numbers. 
And even though I threw up a huge 133-7, I got defeated by a team with one player at zero, pulling 154. It's insane. Insane. So congratulations, Chris. You you were you were impressive in a big upset. So congrats. Good win. At least I get that Aniston uh, point total as the only other team that deserved to win but didn't. So sitting at one and one, that's that's still all right, even though that loss was a little tough to swallow. But that's all right. I get uh, I get my old uh, my old arch nemesis to uh, come in and probably rip me apart next week. So we'll see how that goes. But moving on, uh, we are running a little long today, and unfortunately, because of time constraints, we're recording late Thursday. So we're gonna we're gonna have to skip some new segments and uh our good friend the fantasy philosopher wasn't with us today so uh i'd expect we'd be getting a, a little segment from him in the near future uh we're gonna actually split this recording up to a twofer and go ahead and do the previews later and i know you're like well that's not fair on your uh your pre-game picks well, that's all right. I'm going to give you a little quick one. I'm going to tell you which uh, Thursday nighters I think are going to perform and how they're going to perform. And from there, we'll, uh, we'll throw that, no matter how they do, out in our projections on the next episode. And I'll give you unbiased opinions. Even though you probably won't believe it because you're all a bunch of turds. Anyways, going through, let's see if we can find them. First up in my matchup versus Brown and some scrubs, I'm running a uh, good old twofer on tonight's matchup with Tyler Eifert and the Baltimore D. Now, I think uh, the Baltimore D is going to be a fine play. I don't think Mixon's going to run all over him the way he did on Indy. I don't think A.J. Green is going to have too much of his way with us on the Baltimore side. But that being said... Still no Jimmy Smith because that uh, suspension. So uh, I'm thinking the Baltimore D is going to be a about an even play against uh, Carolina, who's at Atlanta. Uh, I think Atlanta fixes a little bit of the problems, but uh, Carolina's still going to get theirs in a little bit. So uh, I give the slight advantage to Baltimore this week on that. And then as far as tight end... Eifert going up against a tough uh, linebacker safety crew in Baltimore. I still think he has a upside on the touchdown because they're going to have to throw it to someone, and I think they bracket towards A.J. Green even in the red zone a little more. Uh, but I don't think he's going to put up too much major yardage, so uh, I don't have him going for too much yardage-wise, and it's going to be real touchdown dependent. But that's all right because I'm up against Jimmy Graham in or at lambeau but against minnesota um the only way jimmy graham's gonna be successful is if they only pay attention to the receivers and they kind of let him go on his old geriatric way and get more production than he deserves 
Uh, I think he's going to beat out Eifert on the yardage department, but I think he actually has a less chance at a touchdown. So I don't like betting on touchdowns. I'm going to give advantage to Jimmy Graham, but not by much. So we'll call it we'll call it pretty much an even swap of crap. In the second matchup, we got the Grey One versus Popeye Sailor Men. Uh, Grey One's got old Joe Mixon, next Le'Veon Bell running back, going up against Baltimore while he's lined up against either Marshawn Lynch, maybe Sony Michelle, Ty Montgomery, or James White. Uh, as of right now, James White slotted in. Uh, kind of speak to both uh, White and Lynch and Michelle and pretty much everyone on there. They all have pretty tough matchups. Uh, I think White's going to be pretty involved in the pass game like he was because there's still no Edelman. And although I think Mixon gets bottled up, I think he's too good in the pass game and he's going to be the advantage over whichever running back slots in there. So uh, I'm going to give... Uh, Mixing some good points there and uh, definitely give him the win in that one. And then uh, as far as kickers, I don't care, but Justin Tucker's good, so whatever. He's probably better than Mason Crosby. Up next in the SC Honkers versus Finkel is Einhorn. We got Alex Collins playing tonight. Yeah, he's currently going up against Derrick Henry. Uh, but with news dependent on um, Devonta Freeman, we may see Coleman slide into that spot, or we could see Tariq Cohen move up and uh, a receiver go into the flex position. Um, but we'll talk about it with Henry and with the others. So uh, I think Collins is going to redeem himself a little bit. He's motivated. Uh, they're still missing Devonta Burford perfect in uh cincinnati so i think he's gonna get run plus i don't think that baltimore pass offense is going to be quite as effective uh i do see buck allen taking uh more snaps away uh getting his usual like three yards per catch but i think collins is overall going to play way more with a game that's actually going to be somewhat competitive uh, I think he outscores Derrick Henry, although Henry Kidd always break off a long one. I think that a healthy front in Houston's just too much, and it's more Deion Lewis's. If he's up against Tariq Cohen, I think if this becomes a shootout, Cohen could actually outscore him, but it's not likely, so we're still giving the advantage to Collins. And if he throws in Coleman as a a secondary, I mean, you're playing the risk of if Freeman is just going to be limited with him. Uh, he's quality, but man, you still got Luke Keekley. Uh, the run defense isn't in shambles in Carolina. It's the pass defense. So Coleman could exploit it there. And of course, if Freeman misses, we'll almost assuredly see him in there as he'd have the full workload. And at that point, I would probably put the advantage to Coleman, but not by much. Um, I think Collins is actually going to redeem himself pretty well, so keep rolling him out there if uh, you believe like I do. Uh, next matchup with the Thursday night slate is Old Frenchie himself versus Turn Your Head and Coughlin. Uh, he's got AJ Green slotted in there. No surprise there, going up against a weekend but still tough Baltimore D. 
Uh, it's always uh, tough playing a divisional opponent, but being at home, I think Green's going to do just enough. I could see him putting up around uh, 80 to 100 yards, but uh, getting held out of the end zone. Uh, so he's matched up against Devonta Adams, and uh, that's kind of a tough one. Uh, although Minnesota is a great defense, and if Aaron Rodgers is hobbled or misses, then this is a clear win for A.J. Green. But uh, Devonta Adams has shown a penchant for doing well against bad matchups when those people are hobbled a little bit and not expect. It's just a little fluky, but he's done it. And Xavier Rhodes has been banged up a little bit, so Adams could eat, but there's no way in hell I'm going to give him the advantage. So uh, AJ Green with the advantage, even though they both have a tough matchup, he has the easier cornerback matchup. And finally, we have Carpe Victoria going up against Hot Newton Butchers with a slate of Crabtree playing for the Butchers against Golden Tate in San Francisco. Although Crabtree is probably going to actually get some possession work and do decently well against Cincinnati, there's no way he outperforms Golden Tate, so I'm going to give advantage to Golden Tate, who is going to be ran through the air to death until the Lions get that run game figured out. So next we're going to move on to the Dynasty matchups. First up, we got the 55s versus Team Gravelin, where Gravelin's rolling out A.J. Green, matched up against Nelson Aguilar. Uh, although I think Nelson Aguilar wins the battle in receptions, he's going to maybe have more receptions than yards. So advantage A.J. Green for all those reasons, although I think Aguilar is the better matchup. Uh, Tampa Bay is not the strongest defense, and their secondary is actually pretty banged up. I think Foles plays a little better. I think this game's a little more in hand than uh, the other way, and uh, or the way it went last week for the Saints. And I think Aguilar is actually going to get utilized pretty well as a extension of the run game. Um, I really don't want to go against AJ Green, but I do. I am admitting there is a world where Aguilar actually puts up better numbers and gets a touchdown, but I'm still going to give the advantage to AJ Green. Up next, my uh, new enemy, Chris, with Team Bye Week, goes up against This Means War. Uh, Chris has Joe Mixon going up against Ezekiel Elliott. I think this one's pretty clear. The Baltimore defense is better the, than the Giants' defense. But the, the Cowboys really don't have any weapons outside of that. But it's Zeke. It's that line. They're going to get it together. I find this to be a somewhat bounce-back game for Dallas. I think they still lose, but they're going to play better, and I'm going to ultimately give the advantage to Ezekiel Elliott, although I think Joe Mixon took a step forward. I don't think we can ordain him as this like amazing top-five dynasty running back all of a sudden. It was one game against a horrid defense, people. Let's not overreact. So advantage, Ezekiel Elliott. Next up, we have Fear the Juice versus the 50% Commissioner. I've got a feeling. Woo-hoo. 
Uh, we got Baltimore D going in for Fear of the Juice against Cincinnati versus Chicago Seattle. I think that Chicago is going to perform a little better now that Mac's been there a week. He's got a little bit to learn. He's going to play a better complement of snaps, more even though he played more than we expect him to begin with. But that Baltimore D is good, and it's now a question of do you want to pick the D against the not-great quarterback who has a tendency to screw up a lot, or the D against the great quarterback but no real threat in numbers or receivers. Um, I think that it's going to end up being a special teams win um, versus maybe a pick six. And I'm going to lean... I'm going to go Baltimore. I think uh, they end up around the same sacks maybe one or two less than Chicago, but I think they're going to do more with their opportunities and they're not going to let the point total run up. So advantage Baltimore over Chicago. So with that, we got no other uh, Thursday night slates that are added in, so I'm not expecting them to come in as it's almost five o'clock. So thank you for going on this ride with me today. Uh, Sorry it's a little rushed towards the end, but uh, I appreciate you sitting here with me in my uh, painful time. It's been tough when you have this much talent and you're this handsome and successful usually. You're not expecting to to get punched in the mouth, but like Aaron Rodgers, I'm going to come back in and I'm going to fight back. That's all, folks.